Ears open, minds open, hearts open. I wanted to say something about boners, but I won't. <laughs> Colt Wiz of Pittsburgh Retro Gaming and uh, Sean of uh, Sean Hi. are here in the building. Please make some noise. Hello, everybody. Hey. I am uh, making this beginning uh, specifically subdued because I really don't know how uh, off the rails this is going to get. It might not. I really don't know. I'm completely sober right now. So We are all completely sober <laughs> yes. right now. It is 10 o'clock. Well, actually, it's 9.57 p.m. on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And we're here to talk about video games. We're here to talk about community. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about teamwork. We're here to talk about passion, drive, and all of those things mm-hmm. all in one. It's going to be real wholesome. It's going to be great. So that's what Cheers we're doing here. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So for those of you out there in the internet who are not familiar with the Pittsburgh retro gaming community, I think the name pretty much speaks for itself. But what some may not always understand is how big the umbrella is when you're thinking about retro gaming. We're not just talking about digital gaming. You know, we're talking about tabletops, board games. There's probably even like a puzzle community that who knows? I really don't know. But Wiz, why don't you uh, take it off and give us a little bit of what exactly Pittsburgh Retro Gaming is? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, thanks for having us back, too. Of yeah, course. Appreciate it. A uh, lot's changed since uh, the last time we were on, but we'll get into all that. Um, Pittsburgh Retro Gaming is a celebration of everything geeky and gaming in Pittsburgh. It's like the Yinzers hub for you know anything that we grew up with in like the 80s and 90s and even moving into like the early 2000s now for some of these folks, you figure we're 2022 now. Um, so, but yeah, your old gray cartridges, your, your old gray bread box consoles, like the Commodore 64, all the way through to, you know, things like old school Magic the Gathering, original Dungeons and Dragons, second edition, third edition Dungeons and Dragons, uh, games that have come out of that scene from that. It's really a, a celebration of all of that and an opportunity for people to get together and meet like-minded folks either digitally through our social media portals or in person at our annual convention um, and get you know get exposure to games maybe you never got to play as a kid and maybe not even something that's a vast departure from stuff that you played but maybe well Colt grew up with Nintendo. Maybe I only grew up with Sega Genesis. Never got a chance to play the games on the Nintendo, but now through you know these groups, you get to swap games. Maybe hear about a game you've never knew about was a thing before. Um, or maybe a vast departure of like, oh, I love Japanese RPGs. And you start digging in, and you realize that a lot of that stuff all got its start in Geneva, Wisconsin with a guy named Gary Gygax in pencil and paper role-playing games. And you're like, you know, I want to check that out. And there's an opportunity for you to do that. And that's, I think, in a nutshell, what Pittsburgh Retro Gaming uh, is. 
not to ignore the fact that it's about the people that are into it too. Um, and that's a, that's a huge part. That's something that um, I love about it because I get to meet some really awesome people as a result of it. And not to confuse people, um, Pittsburgh Retro Gaming is our Facebook group and, and you know, kind of the community that we've, that we've built. Um, but the convention is Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. Um, we changed it from Pittsburgh Retro Gaming to Pittsburgh Gaming Expo to get rid of the retro so we didn't pigeonhole ourselves into just the retro category because we want to celebrate everything gaming, not just the retro gaming yeah, like the, the 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 PRG element of it is really like the foundation. It's the community, um, and this show has kind of grown out of it. And the one thing that's true for retro gaming is it's always changing. What the definition of it is? Yeah, you know the era that is considered retro is not a monolith. So it would be silly to, in our opinion, to just focus on that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see what these video game and gaming, not even just video game, but gaming-based conventions like across the, the world, what they become over the next like decade or two. Because you think about like what Comic-Con started as and what they are yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, you're good luck finding a comic book at Comic-Con <laughs> sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting how like, you know, that's a result, I think, directly of what people's idea of retro is. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny because now you bring up something like a like a Commodore sixty four, and there's such a niche people, like niche group of people that are into that, which is probably like akin to like people that are into like Silver Age comics. Well, that's because like, the N sixty four was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, you're right though. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a subculture of subcultures in that regard, as far as like, you know, gaming, you you can be, Oh, I love Nintendo. And you're literally just talking about Nintendo 64, um, where somebody else could be like, Oh, I just love everything. Nintendo. Like I love everything. Disney. Um, well, that's, what's actually super interesting because now you can have people like we live in a time where people can genuinely love Marvel and they've never touched a comic book. Right. That's for most people, I'd say that's probably their gateway to Marvel yeah. now is the films and the TV shows and the printed media is the deep dive. It's it, like the equivalent of like that, like I said earlier. Well, let me go experience and explore Dungeons and Dragons, even though mm-hmm. I've never played a tabletop RPG, but I love RPGs. It's really surprising. And maybe we're just like ahead of it because I mean, Marvel had been around for decades and decades and decades before it turned into what it is now. But I wonder if we'll get to a point where there is like a video game monolith that is more popular for a medium that isn't like, do you think there will ever be a time that Nintendo's popular, more popular for like a film franchise? I mean, they haven't had good luck so far, but do you think they'll be popular for something outside of video games or like another publisher? Is that even a possibility? I mean, who, who's to I say? I think to a degree, Nintendo already has probably reached that status though, because they really are like the, the Disney of that industry. You know, they're building theme parks now. So technically uh, they're a universal. Yeah. They, they have toys. Yeah, well, yeah, right. It. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. but yeah, I mean, how long until that footprint expands 
And are they in Universal in Japan? There's one in Japan too. There's right? one in Japan, and then so uh, Canada. Mario World. Yeah, Mario World is open in Japan. It is uh, almost done in Hollywood, and they're going to be doing it in Orlando as well. Oh, that's amazing. right. So yeah, and, and I mean they've got the toy lines, and it's not even like you might have some toy lines off of other consoles, like. I'm sure there's Crash like Bandicoot Sonic toys, toys here and there, or something like that. But I mean, there's there's Nintendo Legos. Maybe now like Apex, oh, yeah. Fortnite, stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think actually, yeah, you bring up a good point there, Cole. I think that the whole Fortnite thing and uh, was definitely one of the biggest crossovers. Minecraft, in Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a definitely a pretty interesting crossover mm-hmm. in terms of just the amount of product that I would see for it. In a department store and not even realizing that it was a video game, you know? Mm-hmm. And also Fortnite is like assimilating other brands from different things. Like you see like different skins from like Marvel. They come out, mm-hmm. you see a pop up and then it'd be like now the turtles with the game, stuff like that, yeah. you know? It's pretty cool. So with the, you know, convention that is going to be coming up this year, it's uh, October, the first weekend in October. Mm-hmm. You can give me... All of the details. You're here to talk about it. I don't want to sure. fuck up. Uh, I mean, do we want to go? Do you want to tell a story of how we got the convention? Since we got our pal Sean here, <laughs> yeah, we, we let's do that. But let's put out any information. Like, so if somebody's watching basics. this and okay. they're already bored, Baby and they're like, steps. "Let me just know where to go." Okay. So um, the easiest way to find out more information on the show is to go to our website. It's PittsburghGamingExpo.com, all spelled out. Um, or pghretrogaming.com will get you there too. Uh, either one of those, it's the same website. And uh, you go there, it'll give you information on the show. It'll direct you to Ticketmaster. Uh, and it'll have links for our social media accounts uh, on there as well. And you can find out pretty much everything you need to know. Uh, Facebook's our primary social media <laughs> conduit. Uh, that's where our most up-to-date announcements are going to be. Uh, yeah, and that's it. But well, yeah, let's get into the story, man. The story of how we got to the fact of Pittsburgh Gaming Expo as it is now from the last time we were here is pretty awesome. Uh, that's why Sean's here. <laughs> what were we promoting last time? Was the, uh, the it, Ace it, Hotel it was, event? No, it was Pittsburgh oh, Gaming COVID. Expo, yeah, 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 yeah. but it was going to be a fire hall show. Yeah. Nothing against yeah. fire hall shows, but it was going to be a fire hall show. And we were kind of in a reboot mode, rebuilding. We had come off of some collaborations uh, that we were had departed from, and we were looking at doing something new. And we we had booked the Garden City Fire Hall for like a swap meet show, and we were trying to figure out how are we going to do all the things that we had done before. And we were on a really tight shoestring budget, um, and that was what we could do. And we came on here, and we did your podcast, and we had a hell of a time. And Sean heard the episode. And you know what, Sean? I'm going to let you tell your chunk of the story because you'll tell it better than I will. It's a a simple tale of just a bunch (laughs) of nerds that got connected. You know, how it happened was I was on your show. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about me touring and all that jazz. And then a week later, you guys did yours and popped up. And then, like, Another week later, I'm at the convention center because at this time I was working as a chef at the Double Tree in the convention center. And it was right after like a steel con. And the guy who runs it was like, Sean, you know, we like comic books and all this stuff, but we need something different here. And I was like, wait a second. And I hit up Sykes and was like, 
who are those guys from a Pittsburgh retro gaming company? Can we, can we, and, and I got you, Brian and Colt's information. I passed it to, to the guy who ran the convention center and it's, it was history, you know? Like, yeah. And we I, thought he was full of shit. We really did. <laughs> we like, no, come on. So like this dude hits us up and he's like, hey, I work for the MCC. And Colt and I are immediately like, this dude's absolutely trolling the shit out. Well, the MCC <laughs> was like lofty ambitions at the time. Like we were going to rent yeah. a fire hall. Like, it's like a bucket list. Right. Yeah. We were going from a fire hall <laughs> show to the convention yeah. center. And so we're going to lie. We absolutely dug into you and made sure that you were on the up and up. <laughs> and then once we, once, once we invented, yeah, once we invented you, we hit you up and we're like, yeah, we started talking. You're like, all right, let's talk. Yeah. And, and you, you did. You connected us with uh, Mike over at the convention center. And we went in and we talked with him and we totally went into that meeting with the, uh, the first thing we told him was like, we really appreciate you meeting with us, but we're wasting your time and we don't have the money for this. And he was super cool about it. Yeah. And he was like, no, I, I believe in what you guys are doing and we'll make it work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it, we, for, from there, we went into, holy shit, we might have, we got to like, put on a, a convention. A real thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah. Sean's not full of shit. And that was a tour. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I told you so. So th- that Aren't was, you nerds? that was <laughs> what, <laughs> October of 2019. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, roughly October yeah. 2019, and we went into crazy rebranding. Panic mode. We rebranded. Yeah, we Just figuring actually we went- did things the right way and established yeah. an LLC mm-hmm. and did some you know adult things. Sure, and we were full speed ahead, and then the world shut down, and uh, we tried to figure out. We had to navigate that show that had never happened before through a global shutdown. And uh, the whole time, the convention center was awesome about yeah. it. They worked with us. Um, they were, you know, they communicated. And if it wasn't for that, there's no way we could have gotten to where we eventually got to. And finally, last October, uh, we launched the show, and it was amazing. Yeah, uh, we launched a show that came from being on this Random podcast with one of my best friends. How about that? Yeah. Hey, community. It's about time you did something. <laughs> Dude, it was it was great when I when I went last year. Uh, I went in and you know saw saw the bands, played the games. You know, me and my wife are or my wife and I are both uh, huge nerds, so you know indulge. And it's it's Mike. I'm pretty sure it's Mike Vento who mm-hmm. runs it. Yeah, and he he just comes out of nowhere and he's like. Look, Sean, you did it. Because <laughs> I, I was just like, because when he, when he was talking about SteelCon and how great SteelCon was and something else, and I was like, we got to do video games. Yeah. You know, there, what, what, there's replay FX. Yeah. And Which was, unfortunately, they under because of COVID. And, yeah. You know, that's, we have a storage unit full of CRT televisions that we got off of oh, those wow. guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah, was that was a good. Out for a replay. That was a good story, man. Like just coming in, and I don't know the, the look on both y'all's faces. Like Wiz had his Pac-Man like oh, yeah. suit jacket on. Colt was dressed to the nines too, and like I walk in, and it's just like, ah, uh, mm. you just when you see something that come in for like 
come to fruition right in front of your eyes. And you, I just, I, I was just a nerd trying to help out nerds, man. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, that, that's, it's like, it the, like hit me right here, man. It's like the most wild thing. Um, but it's really, really cool that it did happen because there is such an amazing power that you have if you just like reach out and do like the smallest nice thing for someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like in like, and a lot of the times, like I think that it's really easy to get this idea in your head that some things are impossible or people don't want to work with you and you know, mm -hmm. oh, I get that all the time. a lot, a lot of life isn't, it, it isn't super easy. Healthy there, dose of like imposter syndrome. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. There's no way we're pulling this off. Totally. Like, we? Totally. Mm -hmm. But a uh, like catch or something, you know, it, it really just worked out just because you're just like, Hey, I'm just, I love video games. You love video games. <laughs> we're going to try to put on a convention. Well, I'll try to help you. And boom. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is like a lot of the times, like you get this lofty idea in your head about the people that might run something like, you know, the Monroeville convention center, mm -hmm. but really it's just like, they have a business and they just want cool things to be in there. Yeah. So people come in there and it just goes, you know, that's what yeah. it was is like, he saw, you know, what we were and, you know, after meeting us, so saw there was potential there and said, I want to help you grow. And, you know, um, we've definitely, you know, that being that first year was just like beyond what we could have even, just walking in there, just seeing it set up before yeah. we even took anything in there. We're like, this is ours. Like, holy shit. We worked like a year, like literally Brian and I and Alex every day, hours a day, you know, it's another job. Oh, it's a full-time <laughs> job. Do you know 363 days or whatever a year for two days of or three days of just like <laughs> craziness and then it's yeah. gone, you know? Yeah, just and, like that. and figuring out as we go, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I've been an event organizer my whole life and I can do this in my sleep. No, it's we don't have like, any idea what we're doing. Yeah, we're just like, what's <laughs> the coolest, <laughs> most insane, dumb thing that we can do at this show that people will like? Okay. Let's figure out how to do it. And so we do. Um, yeah. And just the way the show has developed. I mean, I don't want to give away from the fact that we couldn't have done it if it was just the two of us either. <laughs> like we have such an awesome team of like truly passionate people who would throw themselves on a sword for, I don't want to say for us, but for the what community. the community yeah. is and what it's become. Like, they will put in hours. They volunteer their time. You know, they make sure that the, the attendees are having a good experience. They curate the community throughout the year. They're moderating the website and the page and the Facebook yeah. and stuff every day, you know. Moving, doing physical labor, yeah. moving hardware, testing consoles, hanging flyers. And it really was encouraging because we've been working at this for seven years. Mm -hmm. You know, PRG started in, you know, 2014. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, to see that it's grown to this, and we're not like the biggest Facebook group in the world. It's not like we have 20,000, 40,000 members in PRG. We have like under 5,000. But in that 5,000, we were able to find a solid team that, wanted to make it happen and they believed in what it was that we were the the vision we had and as a result now 
you've got a show where I truly believe Vento thought we were just going to be a sweaty swap meet show. <laughs> I really do. I think he was, he was like, okay, I, I know who's coming. I see these people all the time when they come to SteelCon, uh-huh. you know, and that's who's coming, except these people are going to buy video games. And then he saw it and he's like, well, Brian and Colt, this is a lot bigger than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and yeah. And we're like, yeah, what'd you think we were going to do? Like, I mean, we never told him it was just going to be boxes of games for sale. Like we told, and I think he thought we were probably trying to oversell ourselves. We yeah. probably were. We probably we didn't. Were. Know. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 had, we had committed to an idea, but yeah. we, we didn't know how we were going to get to the end of it. No, <laughs> no, like, that's uh, just what we're going to do. Got and then we made it happen. We, we continue to fail forward. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you just like, you like, uh, you wrote the script, and then you had to go find, you know, the people to make the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, the movie. <laughs> right. You, we have the plot. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you have the plot. Casting we just don't call. know how you're getting there. Exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, the things that the community has stepped forward, new communities have grown out of this community. So, like, one of the most beneficial uh, partnerships that we have right now is with a community called Pack, Pittsburgh Arcade Collective. Pittsburgh Arcade Collective did not exist. It was just an, an idea. It did not actually exist in any way, shape, or form until I managed to get in touch with um, a guy by the name of uh, Mike Ho. And Mike Ho owns Focus Factory, does all the video work for the show and stuff like that. We started talking about you know, different ideas. And then he's like, well, what about arcade stuff. I'm like, well, we encompass that, but we're not dedicated to it. Uh, he's like, well, I've got this idea for this group. And I'm like, run it past me. Let me, let me hear it. You know, I'd have to help you with it. And he told me about it. And I was like, dude, you should absolutely make that group. And then you should let Pittsburgh Gaming Expo be your, your event. Like, give it a reason for it to be more than a Facebook group. Like a car show is great. Yeah, you know, a car group on Facebook's great, but a car show is way better. Mm-hmm. Same with an arcade group. An arcade group on Facebook's cool, but an arcade group with a, a convention attached to it is killer because you can bring your cabs, your pins, or buy and sell and swap. So they did. And in less than a year of that group existing, they were able to rally some of their members and they provided a good chunk of the arcade machines that were present at PGX last year. And we'll be providing them this, yeah. this year. An even larger footprint, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, what? what's the saying? You know, high tide rises all boats. Yeah. And it's like, that's really what it feels like. That's the one thing I think I'm most proud of about where this is heading is it's elevating the geek and gaming scene in Pittsburgh at the same time, you know, so like you have pack coming out of the woodwork. Now we're partnered with a group that's very new, very young steel dice gaming. They're all board gaming. They, uh, the, the uh, woman who runs that, uh, Nikki, she reached out to us about being involved with the show for this year because we didn't really have any like strong focus leadership on the tabletop gaming element of the show. So she reached out. And we talked and I said, you know what? You just want to take that bull and run with it. Go for it. And now we're going to have 20 different titles that are going to be available for a play to win library. 
and th- like three copies of each one. I don't know what the titles are yet. That information, by the time this airs, that information will probably be out. Um, but that's huge. And that's all being provided because we had somebody who wanted to volunteer their time and build the show because they know building the show builds the community for them as well. So um, that's a, a great contribution that I will always be happy with. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I hope to see it. And I like to keep making Mike, uh, you know, surprised at what's, you know, what we pull off. Um, we had like a couple of year plan where we would expand the show beyond the footprint where we are into the MCC further into it. Um, and that based on, you know, the, the strength of the support that we saw last year and the interest that we're seeing this year from vendors and attendees, that will probably be accelerated and the show's going to grow really, really quickly. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm happy to, like I said, I'll keep proving Mike wrong. And Do he'll it. be happy to. I'm getting to. a table this year. Like, I got six of my friends. And I was like, Ryan, like, listen, we're going to do fifth edition, Icewind Dale, Josh Earhart, bring in minis. Let's go. Give me a table. Hell yeah. yeah. I think my favorite thing while the show is going on is just walking around the show and watching, like, everybody, like, how happy they are and how much they're enjoying it. And it really is, like, four shows in one show because you have your – you have your tabletop element. So we had, I think we had like 36 hours of tabletop role-playing content scheduled last year. So epic. Over, yeah. what, a day and a half. That's yeah. Awesome. So we're pushing to do that again. Um, plus the, the larger footprint of board game stuff, they're kind of in the same space. Then we have a really, really well-curated, high, highly curated vendor floor. Like no Anderson siding a window at this show. Like you've got, <laughs> yeah, you know, you've got every every single booth. Yeah, is on point. It's it's geek and gaming adjacent, if not focused. Even down to the tattoo artists. Even They're the all tattoo like artists. Nerdier tattoo artists. We have more tattoo artists this year. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's like it's a tattoo show. It's a vendor show. It's a board game show. It's a tabletop RPG show. It's an arcade show. It's a pinball show. It's a retro gaming console show. There's music. And it's and a live, live music, music show. There's live music. <laughs> and it's a cosplay show. All in one. All and- in such a small area. Like We packed it to the brim. I'm looking at the floor plan. I'm like, there's no free space in that place at all. You can't put anything. We can't fit very much left at all. No. And... I mean, we could, but then people would be walking on top of tables. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good problem to have, though. Yeah. Uh, after one year of doing the show, yeah, we have a, a wait, wait list, list yeah. for vendors that is almost as long as who we have yeah. booked. Um, it grows every day. We yeah. get emails every day from people. And we would love to have every single one of them. Yeah. So the goal for 2023 is, is to, have to have every single one of them. <clears throat> so we'll see. Yeah, but I don't know, man. What was your take on the show? Uh, oh, I was going to be like, can we talk about the atmosphere in the arcade <laughs> land in the back <laughs> by the do. stages? Because I thought that was quite amazing. Like, we're all products of arcades here, right? The low light, bright lights coming in. Your, the only thing you can see is shadow and then your face, you know? And that's what it was. Like, man, I hit up all those retro TVs with the Ataris and stuff like that sat down at the emulation stations and I'm just sitting here like I am the 10-year-old Sean. Like, 
I just loved every moment of it to like all those pinball machines in the corner. And the only thing you could see is those bright lights and everything and the pinballs going and the noise. There's going to be a lot more like, pinball. If you could just close your eyes and just listen to the sounds like, man, it, true arcade haven back there, dude. It'll be even more this year. A lot more. I'm there. I'm, I'm going to, like I said, I got a table. I'm, I'm there. I, I rallied up the, <laughs> the group. We going out. We're going to be there. And we're gonna, we have the, a longer time slot now. We're, we have the MCC yeah. till 1 o'clock. Yeah, we uh, go from uh, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. on Saturday. All right. And you know something. You know a little something about the, uh, you know, the later hours of the show. I certainly do. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be killer. Uh, it was one of the things, that, one of the biggest complaints. I don't want to say it was a complaint. One of the biggest bits of feedback that we got last year was everybody was like, man, I, I wish there was like an after party or something. And we didn't really want to do an after party because that sounds like a lot more work because then you got to do that somewhere else. Yeah. So we said, well, let's just extend the show mm -hmm. and just keep the game lounge going, schedule the tabletop games even later. Um, if you want to schedule like a D&D &D session where you get a little more visceral and a little more colorful in your language, cool. Let's schedule that from excuse me, from 10 till like 1 a.m. And go ham. And so we did it this year. Uh, and uh, that was one of the, like, that was another, my mic's like, are you sure you guys want to go that late? Like, Mike, we'd go 24 hours a day right. if we could. <clears throat> we just want the people to do it. Um, that was one of my favorite things about Replay was once it got late and there was no more ambient light coming into the convention center, it was just hanging out in the arcade from like, you know, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night until 1, 2 in the morning. Um, so we want to bring that back. Um, and that, with the extended hours, we'll be able to. So, That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have more consoles this year, too. Yeah, because we have more people involved with that. Um, the, not, I'd say, like, 75% of the console footprint that we have is all community-provided, too. Um, yeah, so... You're gonna be doing more tournaments. We are. We're working on the details for those. I, I missed don't... the Guilty Gear tournament last year, and I'm I'm really mad about that. Okay, so well, bad guy for the win. We will uh, we will <clears throat> pass that along as a request for a return of the Guilty Gear tournament. Please, any give me any of them. Yeah, we are gonna have fighting <laughs> game tournaments. That is yes. absolutely a thing. I don't know at this moment on what is it the thirtieth, the thirtieth of uh, June. I don't know what that lineup is yet, but they are working on it. And that's something we wanted throw to have. Just in some pop-up tournaments. Fine. Somebody piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's like, who's this guy running this tournament over there? Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. We're going to have Tekken over there. Soul Calibur, Guilty Gear, Blas Blue. He's got a megaphone. He's yeah. walking around. Dude, I will. I'll wear a goofy hat too or something. I don't care. <laughs> With all of this excitement around you know the convention that's going to be coming up and all of the positive things that you've learned and all of the things that you want to grow on and expand um what is maybe something that you learned was maybe if there is anything that maybe wasn't such a good idea or anything that you maybe learned from that uh you know you can use to your strengths moving forward that oh. you know I would say probably the biggest adjustment that we learned from last year, and again, this is pretty much everything we learned, we learned from community feedback. 
we got a lot of complaints about panels trying to go up against bands in that like, oh. they'd be trying to run a panel. Now, granted, this could change as the show footprint changes, but for this year, for sure, uh, with the way the acoustics are, the building, and where the panel room is, um, we're trying to be more mindful of that. Like, not, and it's really discouraging to anybody putting on a panel when they're like, all right, I'm ready to put on my panel, and there's no one in the panel room because everybody went to go watch the band. Mm. So, stuff Learn like how that. to space things out, right. you know, and try to make it so somebody doesn't have to do I mean until we are at a point where we're big enough where there is no way it's inevitable that there's going to be things on top of each other but at our current size learning how to space things out to make it so everybody can do everything there if they want to yeah yeah like bigger shows can stack events right on top of each other because they have just the attendance a critical yeah. mass of attendees coming yeah. through where it's like all right well I'm, you're going to have enough people that aren't interested in that band, but they probably are interested in a panel or something. Sure. So they'll go do that. Uh, we're not there yet. I mean, this could be the year that we do it. Uh, I hope it is. But uh, for from our perspective from last year, uh, trying to give everybody kind of like their own space in the, in the schedule of the day. Um, the only place where you can't really do that is like if you're scheduled, if you scheduled yourself to run a D&D game you're going to just get scheduled throughout the day. And, you know, hopefully you get to see a good chunk of the show around that. But um, we try to make that accommodation there wherever we can. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, without going into a whole lot of detail, like Brian and I have like similar guts. So like once we say something, we need to go with our gut on something yeah. or something feels not right, then we have learned that it wasn't right. And we should Trust go it. with our gut because <laughs> we'll save ourselves a whole lot of a hassle. Yeah, you'll save yourself a couple of years of trouble. And time and energy if you just go with your gut on something. If something doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. Yeah. Don't you force know. it. And that's, you know, that's a, a life lesson, but just, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, don't force it. Uh, let the show, let the community develop. Um, curate it, but let it kind of breathe. And I don't think we fought it at all. And I think that was one of the things that was, we actually, it made it harder for us when we started talking with, after we talked with you, Sean, and when we started talking with Vento, we were always kind of like, well, what's the gotcha? Yeah. You know, yeah, and there, there wasn't one, um, but we had to kind of figure that out and we worked against it uh, to, a, to a degree. But once we got comfortable and we learned, okay, let's just go with this. Um, it really made things work yeah. and letting go a little bit. I think letting go, letting the community <clears throat> take some ownership of things is really important. Um, yeah. especially when you're in a position where you can't retain a paid staff. Um, and that's really what the situation we're in. I yeah. Mean, there's nobody's getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 Any like, money we get goes right into the next event. Yeah. We own the company, but, that's about the extent of it. Like we're not getting compensated. I'm not quitting my job tomorrow to live on fat PGX cash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, Scrooge McDucking it you know, <clears throat> through my just vat of coins. And that's just, you know, being humble enough to know that we're not as big as other conventions and we don't want to portray ourselves. As so we're just letting ourselves yeah, grow. We're not well, yet it, it, organically, you know, right. and, and not trying to fill our britches too quickly, you know? Yeah. 
yeah. I mean, it, is, it is what it is. Is what we can do within our what we can encompass as me, you, and Alex, and then the people around us can do. And until we're big enough that we are big enough, you know, we're not yeah. going to act like we we are. Yeah, and we're not trying. To, we're not going to try and force it, or you know. Yeah, and I think that, I think that's our new challenge is constantly staying humble. Maybe mm-hmm. is the way to put it. Because we've had like some entities reach out to us since the convention, like, oh, we'd love to collaborate with you on this, and we've actually like walked away from them because yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a very dangerous word. Like, what do you mean you want to collaborate <laughs> yeah, exactly. with me? Yeah, collaborating is when like two entities work together for the greater good of each other. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I don't know if what you're talking about <laughs> is collaboration <laughs> as much as maybe taking advantage of my resources right and and it may be it may not be um but at the end of the day the one thing that we definitely decided in favor of was to take care of our people who are volunteering their time and like by take care of them i mean tell them no when they say yes and they absolutely would. Then they did. And they're like, oh, yeah, you want to do this thing? That sounds like really cool. I've already taken vacation time. I haven't even finished telling you what the thing is yet. <laughs> <laughs> but they want to take the vacation time. They want to burn their time off to do on it, 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 work on things. And we have to stop and say, no, we can't let you use yourself up like that. Sure. Because we are going to ask a lot when it comes time yes. to put yeah. the show on. We can't do that to you throughout the year for something that, is probably going to benefit a third party more than it's going to benefit the the vision that we all share. Mm-hmm. So I think that you get so many people that are interested in helping out because a lot for is like introverted as the like nerd community can be. It's no different than like the music community. Mm-hmm. It's like, we really just want to meet like-minded people. Yeah. So like when you find those people, it's just like, what can we do to just like do stuff and just like hang out and what do you need? And like, you know, I sometimes the, the music community isn't as like helpful to each other as other communities, but also that's a, we don't got to go down that wormhole of things, but the idea that I'm making is that it really makes sense that there are people that do want to take their time to be a part of this thing. And I think that it's really cool that you guys are listening to them within like, I mean, it's probably not even like really intentional. It's just that you are the same person really. Like you're all the same. The only difference is that like you had the idea and you kind of went forward on it. Was dumb enough to yeah. say, yeah, let's do this uh, thing. Yeah, totally. And then kept saying yes uh-huh. to everything. <laughs> totally. So it's like, you know, you you guys had the idea and just took took the initiative. It always blew my mind that like nobody had really done it prior to like the start of PRG. Like I remember when Colt was talking yeah. about like, you know, like thinking about like doing this group and, you know, I know a couple people and all mm-hmm. this stuff. I was like, that seems cool. Like it, it's crazy that it doesn't already exist. Yeah, and it's like at, even as we were like small and growing, we watched replay come and yeah. go right in, right before our eyes as we're just like sitting back like, what? oh, wow, this well, is sure. awesome. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, I think that the issue with things like that, and I don't know the people involved in that personally, and I don't mean anything that I'm going to say even in a negative way, but I don't know if their intention was like 
community and networking maybe as much as just like cool event, maybe make some money, yeah, which is fine. Like I have no issue with that, but I think that the whole like community networking and building thing that PRG is trying to do with PGX, Mm -hmm. I think has much more of a long-term potential because those people are going to come back every, Mm -hmm. every year. And like you have that group too, like that community is, large or as small as it may be, depending on how you want to look at, you know, the number. Well, right. And it's Those people were communicating all year. Oh, every yeah. day. All, all yeah. Year, yeah. You know, so it's like, and there's mm. probably some of those people that are like good friends online that might only ever see each other at that event mm-hmm. or other PRG related events. If sure. you do something smaller at another place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what we want it to be. I want it to be a reason <clears throat> For me to have an excuse once a year to nerd the hell out. Sure. And it's a lot of work. Like, we don't really get to fully enjoy it the way, like, when I went to replay, I was a kid and I just loved it. And I spent so much of my day there with my kids. And then I would send my family home and be like, all right, now it's my time. And I'm going to play the hell out of Sinistar and (laughs) die horribly over and over again. But I looked forward to it every year. And when replay folded, that was like a huge blow to the scene in Pittsburgh. Um, and we, we won't ever be replay, but we want to give people a reason to say, you know what? That first weekend in October is mine. And I'm going to go, I'm going to see my friends who I haven't seen all year. And I'm going to hang out. We're going to play games. We're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. We're going to play Pathfinder. I'm going to beat my friend's ass in Street Fighter yes. or Guilty Gear. Yes. You know, I'm going to see what pinballs are there because pinballs are huge and big and bulky. And I want to play pinball. So I'm going to go and I'm going to do that. Sure. I'm going to listen to some music and just make it that once a year thing. And just keep as the community supports it. And that's really what it is. You know, the more the community has supported this, the more the show has grown. Because we're not a national convention in any, by any means yet. No. You know, like this is yeah, all the, locals. This is- no big money behind it. No. The money that's behind this show is 100% community-driven funds. Uh, technically, the real physical dollar bills that we made at the first PRG meetup aren't still in our pockets, but they're invested in this show. From you know 2015 or whatever it was when we did our first meetup, we charged people five dollars a head to enter the old Game Masters Pittsburgh location. Um, we we leveraged that money into doing other events, and we just kept building it and building it, and building it. So not only will the show grow in scale as far as footprint in the venue, we would love to see the show grow in footprint in days. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be a two, a one and a half day show or two day show. It could be a three day show mm-hmm. or four day show, and that would be phenomenal. Sure. And, yeah, and that would. And the funny thing is, is if you were to do that, that would help give you the space to not have like some things stepping on top of each other, like yeah. we're talking about with yeah. certain events. You know, like you could have a lot more focus on like. <laughs> Oh, like maybe some panels and things in earlier in the day on, yeah. you know, like like a Thursday, early Friday, Sunday type thing, and then yeah. more of the loud shit can be happening on your Saturdays. For 
I mean, like new elements to the show too. Like even just this year, uh, we have guests. Yeah, we didn't really have guests last year. We had a couple of homies who are still involved this year, but they're like local guys, and it was kind of one of those things. Like, yeah, I'm local. I can come and show up, and like I would, you know, gladly be involved with the show. This year, we have the artist for the original Mortal Kombat, Paul Niemeyer. If I'm pronouncing his last name right, I might be butchering it. Sorry, Paul, if you're watching. Um, but yeah, like he's going to be at the show and he reached out to us. We didn't go headhunt him. We actually weren't going to do guests again this year. We were going to hold off on it and explore it next year. And the support for the show was strong enough last year that we went into this year with enough of a war chest we're like, you know what? We can pay for some things. We can, you know, cover some people's hotel rooms and some travel costs yeah. and get some people here. And we didn't really start to have that conversation until Paul reached out to me. And it was kind of the same thing. I thought Paul was full of shit, too. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm seeing a parallel yeah, here. Right. I'm definitely seeing the yeah. parallels. So he reaches out, and I'm like, dude, there's no way this is the real guy. Yeah. And like... What? So we start looking into him and sure as shit, it's the real guy. Um, and I sent him a message and a real, real short one. I'm like, Hey, Hey, you know, let me know what your, what your deal is. Like what, you know, here's my phone number. And because I already done some homework on him, I knew where he was in the state and he, he's like, cool. I'll call you later. I'm like, whatever. And I'm sitting on my couch in my living room. And my phone rings and it has the state on it from where, you know, this, where Paul lives. I look at my wife. I'm like, I'm getting a phone call from the artist from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> my wife loves Mortal Kombat. So she's like, you're an asshole. Like, but it, it was awesome. And I, I spent like an hour and a half on the phone with Paul. And he convinced me, even though I didn't realize he was convincing me, that we could do guests. And so we booked Paul and he was our first, you know, big guest. And then we started exploring other ones. And so we've got a couple of really cool up and coming uh, YouTuber personalities, Twitch streamers coming to the show, uh, Mr. Rightway and Zap Crystal, uh, their husband and wife duo out of Texas. And they're, they've got a good following and they do some cool stuff and they hit us up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can make this happen. And I love that we can bring that to Pittsburgh. Yeah, if you could get like people that are doing that sort of like video content that will like come and have a good time and mm -hmm. talk about it on their platform, like that's yeah. gonna be huge. Like there's so many conventions across the country that I wouldn't know about if it wasn't for the stupid people I follow on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't know what fucking too many games is or Retro Portland Blues, uh, or yeah, or, yeah, any of that stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't have any fucking clue. No, the, the the yeah the the content creators absolutely drive it, um, and I think I feel like it's kind of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, a relationship that definitely feeds off of itself. Uh, where when you have a community like PRG and you come across a really cool content creator who might be local, but maybe doesn't have the exposure that somebody else does. And you can partner with them and make that be like, hey, you're a local tabletop podcast or board game podcast. 
do you want a home show? Like where yeah. you go every year and you're just part of the show and your people can have a place to meet you. And that, that's kind of like, now Ryan was, Ray stream was doing Ryan stream, Ryan stream, Ryan stream. That makes more sense. Uh, but he was doing great. And, but now he's got a spot where his following can come and meet him in person. Um, and we've partnered with uh, me and Steve talk RPGs. I didn't know they were local. I started listening to them, find out they're local guys and they're going to be uh, at the show. They're going to be running games. They're going to be doing a pod or actually I think they're going to record a podcast at the convention. And then we have level up podcast uh, level. It's a level up board game podcast. Again, they're like an internationally listened, followed podcast, but they're local yeah. uh, Scott and Patrick, and they're going to be involved in the show too. And I like that we can, bring in some elements, some guests from outside of the region, and then at the same time, bring a spotlight to the people that are doing really cool stuff yeah, you here. Know, dude, like there are so many people that are so easy to get along with, and they're, they do really, really cool things, podcasts and all this sort of shit, right? Um, but the issue is like going back to just putting together an event like this and how it takes so much time and nobody's really getting paid from it. <laughs> no, yeah. That's the trick. It's just like finding somebody that's actually willing to go through the effort to do all that behind the scenes yeah. to meet and organize with all of those fucking people and get it all into one building. Yeah. A lot of it's you know, not like, like fun, geeky stuff. Like I mean, it's, like, you know, like, you know, it's like, we, me and Colt play in a band together. You have a family, you, you know, all the above. Right. And just getting like, four people to show up in one place at the same time could sometimes be like a real, like it's a real hoot. Yeah. Now you're like, you need like, you have like hundreds of people probably just involved in like, whether they're part of staff or vending or performing Bands, or whatever. Yeah. And then all of the guests, like you're working all year to get you have all to. of these people into a building you know, at once. Like I said, it's it's chaos. Another dude. job. It's it's, it's absolute, hour, hours yeah. every day. We every take day. we after the show this year or last year, we took two months. We took November. We took the rest of October. The holiday season. And we took November. And good we came back to the table and did a little bit of work in December. And then we took the holidays off. And I'll tell you what, I kind of regretted it because I was like, oh, I could have got stuff done. Because it is a ton of work. It really is. Uh, you're, you're just silly things like building out a, a schedule for 40 plus hours of tabletop games. It just doesn't do itself. You, yeah. you know, you have to like put the time in and it's tedious. Uh, and you got to make sure that the people that are submitting games aren't just like, you know, submitting junk that your attendees aren't going to enjoy uh, just so they can get in for free, you know? Uh, so yeah. And you got to manage all the people and everyone that's involved in the show is very interested in where the progress is at all times. So it's like having 30 bosses that want to have an answer and 30 assistant managers. Yeah. So you, you know, you try to like you, but you don't want to keep them in the dark, you know? So you try to do what you can and answer those questions. And at the same time, you're learning business one oh one. It, like in a crash course. Yeah. Like things I never wanted to do. I didn't go into school for business be for a reason. <laughs> and now here I am learning how to 
file corporate taxes and get the right insurance policies and learning that renting a truck is more expensive when you're doing it as a business. And it's not like, oh, I'm just going to go rent a U-Haul yeah. on my personal, you know, you know, bona fides. Like, no, I have to have all that stuff in order. Um, but it's worth it at the end of the day. It's Yeah, for those two days that we're doing it, like, well, there's you know, the setup day sucks. You know, I mean, it's awesome. But, like, those two days where it's like, this is happening, it makes yeah. all year worth it. Like, seeing that line. That was probably one of my favorite, favorite memories this year. There's a bunch of memories that I really cherish. But when we were shitting ourselves, like we're sitting there and we're like, I don't know if enough people are going to come to this to actually justify it. And I don't know that I have the money in my pocket to cover it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we were talking like we might be pulling money out of our own pocket yeah. to cover it. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, because we're in a contract. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the people sign contracts for a reason yeah. and it's not because they want to say, well, sorry, you know, you didn't well, well, better luck next time. We'll let you ride this time. And we're there and it's probably like an hour to rope drop. And there's not much of a line outside and about half an hour from rope drop. I think it was Lexi. She was like, came to me and she goes, whiz, there's a line wrapped around the building. I was like, bullshit. Like, there's no way. And she's like, no, there's literally a line wrapped around the building. I was like, I got to go see. So, like, I bolted out the front, and I see this whole, like, just the line just snaking around the building. I was like, all right, I'm going to do something just off the cuff. I just get out there. I'm in my Pac-Man blazer, <laughs> yeah. and I cut my hands to my mouth. And I'm like, Good morning, Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. And everybody goes nuts. And I suddenly understood why you guys do the band thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. And like, it was just such an exhilarating feeling of knowing like, holy shit, this is going to work. This is going to happen. Uh, we're not full of it. We're, it's not imposter syndrome. Everybody who told us that we were full of shit or that we couldn't do it without them was wrong. And the team that we have is what made it possible. Yeah. Most of the time, if somebody tells you that you can't do something without them, they can't do it without you. Boy, is that true? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we've seen it, you know, because we've, 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 we've come across people who've been like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And th there'll be like a little flash in the pan and they'll do it. And, and that's it, you know, and they realize, oh, there's a lot of work here. Yeah. Good luck. You yeah. know, um, yeah. and like, Neither of us could have, like, if I'd had the idea by myself, I couldn't have done it without Colt. And if Colt and I had just had the idea and stayed on the course we were on, we couldn't have done it without, without no, Alex. No. Alex is, I wish he was here tonight. Alex is like definitely the third leg to that stool. Um, he brings a ton of stuff to the table. Pretty much the entire image that currently exists of what is PRG and PGX as far as like marketing material and, um, you know, promotional content, all of that. He's the man behind the, uh, the, uh, the website. The he built website. the website, you know, like everything. all of it. He tells us when we have bad ideas, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's great for that. Uh, but he, he also listens and he understands that like, while sometimes it seems like we have bad ideas, those bad ideas are probably a big part of what got us to where we did get to. So he does listen and he, he's, 
equally passionate about the community as we are. And uh, those are the kind of people you have to have in your corner. And his original plan, when he sat down with us, he goes, okay, look, what you guys were doing before wasn't going to work. Yeah. But I really like what you, what your vision is. And he originally had planned to sit down and yell at us and be like, you screwed up that last thing that you guys did. And, you know, and then once he sat down and he talked to us, he goes, Oh, maybe these two aren't the issue. We're just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They just don't know what the hell they're doing. They're in a box and they're just flailing around (laughs) trying to like make things happen. And to a degree we were successful, you know, um, but yeah, he absolutely has stepped it up to the next level. Mm-hmm. Y'all's hustle is on a whole nother level. Y'all were like ninjas at the convention center. Like you'd be somewhere, and then I'd, I'd like go walking up, like, did I just see Colt over there? And Colt's over here now. And there's Brian. Like you had like secret doors that you were entering and then popping out of nowhere. And you knew that place. Yeah. You know that I knew building. that. I do. Yeah. I've like worked there for a couple of years. So yeah, man, you guys were on point that day with how much effort you guys put into it and just on the floor seeing you guys. Yeah. I think the thing that I really like about um, any of your events that I've been to, and I've been to several of them mm-hmm. in several different locations mm-hmm. throughout the years. Seems like they always change. Uh, I think the thing that is really cool about it is that it never feels like a hollow event. Like there are other conventions that exist that are there, you know, basically to be kind of like either like it's like this weird contrast of like swap meet and like spend a lot of money to meet somebody. I call it if sp- you want spew and queue. Oh, you that's spew, good. You spew cash. Yeah. And you queue up to meet somebody. Yeah. So the thing that was like, but even like when you're at those events and you're going through like, say they have like an artist alley of like local mm-hmm. people, like nobody really engages with the people that are there. But yeah. at your events, I feel like there's always people engaging with everybody anywhere, no matter what's going on. Everybody's just really curious to learn about what's going on, like try out like an indie game or like see what like a local craft person is doing. Like everybody's like communicating with people, uh, making connections, maybe probably doing some sales, networking and all that stuff. I think it's a really positive experience for everybody that's there. It's cool. Just like you had said earlier, just to like walk around and see people like engaging you know, with the event last year when my band Normal Creatures had played, like, you know, we sold merchandise to people that had never heard of us before. That's that awesome. just came and they liked the tunes and they, you know, they picked up some stuff. That's awesome. And I didn't expect to sell one fucking thing. Not because, <laughs> not, I mean, like, not because like, I, you know, I have like low confidence in the band. It was just kind of like, like, I think people will come and they might enjoy watching us play, but I don't expect actually anybody to like spend money on us when there's, like a room full of other things to spend money on. That's a, probably a lot more of the reason why they came here. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that, a, a big piece that is behind how the show's designed. Um, we like to consider ourselves a one, a, you know, a one stop shop as far as like, when you get in, you pay us once and that's the last time we're going to, and you're basically just 
paying us to help make the event happen. And we have t-shirts and stuff, but like we even thought about expanding merch this year and we didn't do it yet because everything that we were thinking about is like, we're going to step on a vendor's toes. If yeah, we expand sure. this merch this way, I would love to have PGX branded dice trays. I think they'd be the coolest thing in the world. And I'd give them to all my friends for Christmas and Hanukkah and bat mitzvahs and, you know, uh, quinceaneras. Everybody would get PGX dice trays, but a lot of our vendors sell those. And so I was like, ah, it seems wrong. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't do that. And, you know, we were slightly expanding our T-shirt merch this year. But again, we didn't want to go overboard with it because we have T-shirt vendors on the floor who are, you know, who got really good support last year from the attendees. Yeah. And I feel like the reason they get such good support from the attendees is because we're not jamming our hand into your yeah, pocket no, all think, the way up to the elbow. You know, have your, have your one design for the year. People yeah. like it. Get it. That's it. It's less inventory for you to worry about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah, for sure. I do have an uh, an idea for the event that would be not, it would be intentionally free to the guests. It would cost you guys some money and some time to put it together. You would also need space to host it, mm -hmm. but I think it would be a phenomenal promotional tool for you guys at the event. Um, I'm not going to talk about it on mic, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying this out loud now. I will cut this out. We'll that, remember, okay. yeah. I do yeah. want to. I do want to uh, talk to you about it, uh, and I will because we we've actually just crossed the threshold of our hour, and I'm not necessarily saying that we need to be done, but we could wrap this up sooner than later, unlike last time when we talked for about two and a half hours, <laughs> and 90 minutes of that had to be removed for um <laughs> just reasons yeah reasons <laughs> it wasn't necessary to have all of that we actually had a lot more beer at the time too um which i guess before we uh get back into the end of this does anybody want one more or do yes, we feel please, okay please. all right let's get Are one we gonna more. break out that mead sure sure yeah. all right we'll do the mead this we'll do it so we're at the hour and we're just gonna do a quick little break yeah, so one thing we didn't talk about yet so far was the bands that we have for yeah. the event. So we can talk yeah. about the bands a little bit. Um, we have two returning bands um, from last year and then some new bands. So I guess we'll just start from the beginning. We have a, a Rush cover band called Caress of Steel City. So they're going to be coming and playing a, a bunch of Rush covers, which is going to be awesome, especially with the pinball footprint that we're going to have this year. Who doesn't love Rush in Pittsburgh? <clears throat> right? I know, I know. Especially I know. with a name like Caress of like Steel Rush. City. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and we have uh, a group called Big Blitz, which is a jazz trio of two saxophone players and a drummer. I'm really nice. excited about them. Like They're like, Younger they're, guys too. They're a ton of fun. Yeah, I've never seen them live, but Brian Urban is the one that put me on to them. He's like, "Dude, you guys got you got to have them play the convention." And then I went and looked them up. I'm like, "Uh, yeah." And I was, <laughs> and they're they're young. They're they're just like now going into uh, college, but and their their dad manages them, and he's like, "Oh yeah, they're down. We, we'll, they're going to learn some video game covers, and like they That's do awesome. like all kind of cool stuff. They have like backtracks that do cool cool yeah. stuff. Um, and then uh. We have Danimal Cannon coming back again because he's he's almost like a Love Dan. a house band for us at this point in time, um, and Viking Guitar coming back again because those dudes they rip. rip yeah, um, and then we have a 
We got Master Sword, which is they are uh, really good. I, I like Master a power Sword metal band uh, about Legend of Zelda. You know yep. what's better than that? So they they were actually <clears throat> that was an ultimatum levied on me by my daughters. They were like, "Dad, you have to get Master Sword this year." And I said, "Oh, if that that falls on Uncle Colt, and if Uncle Colt doesn't get you Master Sword, you can tell Uncle Colt you don't love him anymore." <laughs> um. And then uh, we have you. You're going to be doing a, a rave, a DJ set for us, yeah. which is going to be pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. That's like a party thing. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I have uh, some real wacky ideas. For I that. bet. That Emily, be request at least one K-pop song. I can try to work some K-pop in. Yeah. yeah. See, maybe one year Synesthesia can get on there, and that'll just give our band a reason to learn power metal versions of go. video game songs. Which is cool. Is that, um, I'm playing with a couple of the bands in August at Madith Power Fest. Um, so we're the Master Sword and uh, well, not this year, but we were talking to another band who's playing Mad of Power Fest for next year. We're already talking about next year's stuff, uh, which is cool. And, and you were t- saying the Kick Ass and Chew Bubblegum, we actually have uh, in communications with the voice actor for Duke Nukem. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Kick Ass, it's it's ridiculous, like the people that are coming out of the woodwork now to yeah. like talk to us. Yeah. Next year's band lineup already potentially is like so sick. I'm like, we just have next year already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are yeah. just like glowing beacon that yeah. is like pulling everyone from the woodwork, you know, community. That's the big thing, you know, so yeah. talking about it. Absolutely. Like community, like watching it just like rise to the surface and now it's standing up and glowing like, hey guys, <clears throat> come be yourself, be a nerd. Sure. Have fun. Yeah. Bring your kids. You yeah. Know? You you older kids, whenever the kids are dying, get this you know, in your get that in your face. I'll get it in my face hole. <laughs> you know, I had a buddy who came up to me last year, <laughs> and you know, twenty twenty was a hard year for a lot for everyone, and yeah, I don't say sure. for a lot of people. Twenty twenty was a hard year for everybody. everyone, and a good good friend of mine who I've known literally since I was in like mother toddler preschool. We grew up together. He's like an uncle to my kids. His kids know my birthday. They'll call me on my birthday. Be like, hey, Uncle Brian, happy birthday. Um, he came to me like at the end of the day on Saturday. And this dude's not like a real emotional cat. But he was like, you could see he was holding it back. And he's like, thank you. Like, just thank you for this. Like, my kid had so much fun. And it was the kind of thing. And he, it was one of those friends where, you know, we have a couple people who were like, hey, man, just just come into the show, you know, and he wouldn't accept it. He's like, no, I'm paying to come to the show. You guys are busting your asses. I'm going to pay you. And I'm like, all right, man. Yeah. So he paid to get in. He is dude, I'm coming both days next year and bringing my kids. And it was a ton of fun. And this is like a guy who works his ass off like you, you know, uh, you know, he's in, you know, a, a skill trade and, you know, dirt under his fingernails, busting his tail every single day. And this gave him a weekend where he could be a kid again with his kid. And like, that was amazing. I think that that's something that is really easy for people like us to unfortunately take for granted. Cause like we're all the time, you know what I mean? There's, you know, arcade cabinets in my fucking house. I got a wall of fucking every DVD and VHS tape I could ever want upstairs. And like, I like my life is surrounded with all this stuff because Mm -hmm. I kind of never grew up in some ways I did though. 
In some ways, sure. I did. But I found a way to balance it. And a lot of people, I think, kind of bought into the idea that you couldn't balance all of that. Or maybe life got ahead of them. Sometimes it's just too but, hard. Yeah, whatever. Busy, whatever the reason yeah, is, busy, it's man. it really doesn't matter. And it's none of my fucking business. <clears throat> yeah. But I think you'll get people that their only experience in it at all might be going to an event like that. So they're going from like zero to 10. Mm-hmm. And yep. like, I think it's fucking cool and I'm around it all the time. So I can't even imagine somebody that has been so removed from it. Right. Being put into that. Like, what the fuck? That's insane. But things are so different too now for like, like my kids, your kids. Yeah. You got kids, right? No, no not yet. No, not in the not club. Yet, um, but like <laughs> organically. <Parent> side. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> when we were kids. <laughs> Eh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. When, when we were discovering like X-Men and Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2, we were discovering that shit organically and on our own terms. Nobody would, there was no adult like, hey, little Sean, there's this awesome yeah. game. And if I'm going to go there was. And teach exactly. you. Yeah. You know, you roll into an arcade and you see this blue ninja throwing this <laughs> right. ice at this guy throwing a spear. What's that? Right. Like Westview Plaza <laughs> had an arcade. Ross Park Mall had an arcade. Yeah, I will never. Never forget the first time I saw fucking Mortal Kombat one. Oh, yeah, dude. dude, it was the gnarliest dude. shit. But that 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 experience, that organic self discovery of these things, doesn't exist for kids anymore. No. So to have an opportunity to share that that like organic, you know, natural moment with your kids in a giant <clears throat> gaming hall is harder to come by. So when you can have it, it, it's really valuable. And, you know, I think it's because it is so hard to come by for kids now, it kind of is important that, you know, somebody's doing this and providing it, but, you know, it wouldn't be worth it if it was, I don't think gaming conventions would be what they are if there was an arcade on every corner like there was yeah. back in the day. Yep. Sure. Or, you know, because my buddy would just take his kid to the arcade. He wouldn't go and say, well, we're going to wait till October oh, first yeah, and right. second. But they're few it's, and far between these it's days. It's really exactly. fucking hard to find an arcade that's not just trying to sell you overpriced beer. Yep. Yeah. 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 Like I mean, we're in a mall. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like the barcade scene is awesome and like it's cool because it exists. But at the same time, I'm not taking my kids to a barcade. Uh, right. A lot of them are, uh, some of them are cool. You know, like some, like there's like, like the 16 bit branded ones in Ohio that do like the all ages stuff during the, the day. Galloping ghosts. Stuff um, like, like I think that they have like curated a pretty like comfortable environment. But there are, I think there's definitely some people that are cash grab. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I get it. It's, but I, the whole reason they're able to cash grab that is because there is still that desire to like experience these things. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a pretty power, like the nostalgia is a really powerful drug. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you guys I would, heard of Stranger sure. Things, it's like, <laughs> the show, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. on TV that, you know, I mean, I don't know if it would exist if it wasn't for. Exactly. 80s nostalgia right I don't get to let go as much when we're do- at PGX because we're like you said we're yeah, on, we're running hustling. around we're you doing guys are hustling smoke bombs but <laughs> like <laughs> smoke bomb high <laughs> <laughs> but when we when I would go to replay my ritual at replay was I would walk in to the main hall I'd probably walk like 
30 steps in and I would just shut my eyes and just let it wash over me and just, you know, stand for like, you know, a minute or so. This is like his ASMR. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But and then like once I, you know, it washed over, I'm like, all right, now I'm ready to do this. And I'd wade in. It's like if you find a sealed Nintendo game, there's a really strong urge to crack that son of a bitch yeah. open and just, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you know, yes. take that in, you know. Yes. Well, going into an arcade now is almost the same experience, you know, unless you're going to go to like the boardwalk, you know, at the ah. beach or whatever that you see arcades. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's, that was, that I think was that where, the yeah. other thing too is like, there's a difference between like seeing, like even seeing like arcades, but also like seeing arcades that are like curated and maintained versus arcades that are kind of just like yeah. the back of a bar. Fall just, apart. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, me, me, like come originating from West Virginia. Like we had an arcade at the Meadowbrook Mall, and it was like ten games. But like the real arcade to me growing up was in like South Carolina. I was on the boardwalk. We had Aladdin's Castle. You, like we didn't, we didn't have anything fancy where I was. You know, when we went on vacation, yeah, that, that was, was like the glo- like everybody would be at the beach and doing family stuff. And I was locked away at the arcade or the hotel yeah. arcade. And like, Sean, why don't you cook? I'd be pale. Be like, what, are you, what are you doing? You were at a beach room. What are you, you doing? No you haven't been in the ocean. And I'm like, you know, they have Samurai Showdown. Like, oh, dude. I, so I was recently in Seattle visiting friends. And uh, it was wild. Like, the first place that they took me was this place. I'm only going to, I only remember the name of the first place. It was called Shorty's. It's like a clown carnival themed bar, but like all of the tabletops were like old pinball machines in there. And they had like a little arcade in the back and it was like decorated real cool, ton of gaming stuff. And then the place they took me to like a block away was a pinball arcade. And then there was another arcade, like a block away from that. And like, we, we didn't go to the other one, but the second one that we went to, there was a lot of like really cool pinball machines in there that I had never fucking seen of like seen or heard of in my life. And it was like, granted it was, you know, it was like a bar arcade sort of situation, but you could tell that there was like, you know, they had like the, whatever it was like some sort of like Seattle pinball meetup, like signs and like when things were going on and you could tell everything was working Everything looked like it was well maintained. Yeah. It just seemed like a cool place. And like it was like this weird little strip of like cool retro yeah. punk rock, heavy metal, video game type stuff. I was like, fuck, man. And there's like a bunch of like kids walking around the arcade that like looked like how I looked like I was in high school. And I was like, fuck. Like <laughs> Y'all don't know how lucky you have it. And they really do look like you looked in high school because our fashion from high school is now (laughs) Now. in vogue again. Oh, yeah. Like my kids stealing my wife's clothes and it's like, (laughs) wow. I mean, but yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. Like the arcade, like the pinball thing, especially like pinball was like, it's a really special experience because those machines need maintained and they need the they need to be taken care of and they're not easy to transport and things like that. And, uh, you know, our, our buddy, Chris, uh, shout out to starport arcade. You know, he came in strong and helped provide a lot of those pinball machines. And, uh, the, I, I mean, 
the thought of moving a pinball machine it's terrifying yeah it's, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. it's a giant glass box with yeah. and like all just the little things that like not even like the things that you could see visually but all the little fucking gears and things yeah. that are inside of it bumper dust you know it's like, like you know it's like dust. it's a thing i get like thing. fucked up enough if i look at like the inside of a watch <laughs> Yeah. Think about the inside of a pinball machine. Yeah. It's like it's, that times infinity. The all the little things that are in there. So yeah. It's like, you know, like, uh, you know, like, I, you know, like there's like digital elements and actual, I guess, like, like physical elements that have to, like, there's so much communication between things. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. And, you know, it's cool. Like one of the, I, I've got to have some really special experiences because of like just building this scene. Um, a pinball game changes. Like it has a break in period. Mm. And I like never shoes. knew this. Yeah. Like literally <laughs> like the shoes I'm wearing right now that, that actually, I just bought today. As soon as you said that, that makes sense. Cause the ball is going to wear it out certain things on the track. And like, yeah, in much the same way, like if you're walking through the woods and you could see there's a path that people have walked on over time, mm-hmm. I'm sure that happens in where in areas. Well, and just the solenoids and stuff like that, things yeah. loosen up. Yeah. So like I, I got invited to do an event where they were going to do an unboxing of a pin and it was the new rush pin uh, that just came out and like literally to the point like we were unboxing it and we were putting the legs on it and playing and the the play in the game changed over the course of the evenings bro yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but and, and I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of got to have that experience at PGX last year. We're setting up all the pins, and Chris comes up to me, and I'm a big Stranger Things nerd. I mean, like, I, I love the show because it does allow me to like recapture part of my childhood and whatnot. But it's a good show, and I love the whole aesthetic behind it, and like you know the the upside down, and he wheels in a Stranger's Thing pin, which was new, like that came out last year. And I'm like, dude, that's so cool. I can't wait to play that. I'm going to fire that ball right down the goddamn Demi-Gorgon's gullet. Right. And he goes, nobody's dropped the ball on this pin yet, bro. Go for oh, it. No. And I got to drop the first ball on go. that pin ever in its life. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever, you yeah. know? And shit like that makes it worth it too, you know? So he's popped the Demi-Gorgon's cherry. I, yeah. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah. It's a great game. It is a phenomenal game. I would love to have one in my home, uh, but I got to experience it there. And like, you know, my our kids play the games the whole time they're at the convention. But they get like that first day where we're setting up and they're buzzing around the hall and stuff like that. I'm like, go play some pinball before there's people here. So like our kids would go over and they get on the machines and they'd play it. Um, but those little moments, like I hope like that's being delivered to everybody who walks oh, in sure. throughout the whole weekend, you know, because otherwise what's the point? I, I got, I got this year is pretty special. So, okay. So let me give you a little backstory. Like me playing video games. I always play with my mom or dad. Me, me and dad would always play like double dragon or Ninja turtles. And me and mom always like Mickey mouse or anything. Disney, like Aladdin, mm-hmm. me and mom have thrown controllers at the Lion King and <laughs> multiple times. Anywho, fast forward to today, my sister has two kids, Barrett and Bria, and six and four, Barrett loves Contra, Bria loves Super Mario World. Both so this year, my sister and her husband are going out of town that weekend. 
So my mom, my dad are bringing up the grandchildren to PGX. Hell yeah. Awesome. So I get to see like, and they've like, I was trying to explain to them what this is all about. And my mom is just like, okay. Cause my mom loves Donkey Kong, you know, loves all the games. And I'm going to get to see different, a younger generation and the older generation just have their minds blown when they walk in. Hell yeah. Like, yeah. and I get to, and I told my sister, I was like, I will walk hand in hand with Barrett and Bria and be like, come on down. You want to, you want some <laughs> dig dug? You want some dig dug? Here's some dig dug. Oh, Uncle Sean, what's that? Over here. And then like, of course, my mom is just going to find some Donkey Kong or some Tetris and she's just never going so to So now leave. I need to make sure we have Dig Dong, Donkey Kong, Ding and dong. Tetris. Ding, 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 Ding Dong, Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, I think it was really cool. Oh, man. Unrelated, but I am so fucking stoked for they. So they're already building it because they're building the. So at Universal, they're building an entirely new theme park, and one of the lands is going to be the Super Mario mm-hmm. Land. Yeah. But they've already started laying, laying the track for the, the Donkey Kong Minecart roller coaster. What? There you go. That's <laughs> dude, awesome. Uh-huh. Dude, I did not Did get you that not memo. just get chills? So, yeah. you I so, about that so if you hit the button at the wrong moment, you just die. Do you just die? Like, that's the end of your vacation. If you, if you miss the land, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> Dude, it, I am... Universal, like I, I, I don't want a sidebar, but like they are so top tier at doing theme parks, and I'm, it's gonna be bananas, dude. Oh, I never got that memo, man. Donkey Kong roller. Oh, man. oh yeah. So Watch out for the vultures. Mario Kart yeah. ride. Yeah, let's go, baby. Let's oh, go. I can hear the music in my head right now, dude. It's it's gnarly. Vroom, vroom, Jumping over cleaners, it, dude. It's it's gonna be gnarly. It's uh, like nice. Yeah, if I mean you can. You can see, um, like, you can get kind of a taste of like what's going to be happening. So there's video of the Japan Super Mario Land on YouTube. You can look at it, but I think there's going to be some. See, I'm waiting to the day since you've got laser tag and we have VR. I'm waiting for somebody to do like something with Metroid, where you can put Samus's helmet on and have your gun, and then do laser tag. Or well, let's like get that. Metroid 4 first. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> We've only been waiting since the right. launch of the Switch. Yeah, I know, but. Yeah, no, that would be cool. That would be really cool, like Metroid Prime. But it's forever. It's forever. Like five, video four. games are forever developing. Like, look at look at e. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? Esports. Yeah, like, huge. Come on, guys. Growing up, did you ever think that that video competitive video games are slowly starting to rival sports? Like, I was slowly. Watching, it's, I was, it's been a slow fifteen years yeah. of coming, but man, there's. I was watching Rocket League. Uh, there's like the, pro, the pro, the pro stuff League was going Legends. on today. There was forty thousand people watching. Yeah, live like, on Twitch. It's like coming up. Like give it another twenty years. A bunch of soccer. Like you know, it's kind of wild though. Is like, I don't mean to say this to poo poo on things, but like forty thousand people really isn't that much in the grand scale yeah, of things. Sure. Yeah, you figure how many but, people do they get into a stadium? Yeah, but it's super interesting still just to know that there is like that potential. Like it, it could be much bigger than that. Yeah. Well, they do sell out stadiums for all CS events and stuff like yeah. that. And, and we well, also got to receive viewers like, yeah. like it's video games, it's content It you know, where, where, where did that all spawn internet viewing? So like, there's not like a physical realm, like football or basketball well, where you had a stadium yeah. where you had to cultivate to go and, and watch. Well, there know, is. The inter- yeah. They do that. Oh, they do yeah. have it at stadiums. Well, well that's, yeah. Yeah. I'm That's sure amazing. that there's, I mean, I'm sure there was a time when people were like, 
oh, well, that's just, it's just a movie. What's the big deal? Right. Like, oh, that's just music, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like with movies, like what, you know, oh, that's just a movie. And then like Citizen Kane happens. That's just music. And then the Beatles happen. Yeah. That's just a video game. And then Mario happens. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, there's always those things that completely change the idea, but there's always going to be people that don't quite still understand. That's just a convention. The and then that PGX happens. Yeah. There what? you go, baby. <laughs> but like, but the community is there. It's always been there. It's just cultivating it and yeah. watching it grow. And you guys are doing a, phenom- a yeah, dude, phenomenal job of that. Thank it's, you, man. Yeah, I agree. I'm just glad to be be able to stand here or sit here with you guys amongst you all with the big fucking grin on my face. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like, dude, you know what's October so fucking can't come You know what's enough. so fucking funny, you fucking weirdo? <laughs> is that I didn't I didn't fucking know you at all. <laughs> and you hit me up to come on my show. Yeah. Right? So you hit me up out of nowhere to come on the show. You, you and then that. you came on the show. And then I knew these guys, right? And then you listened to their episode. And then you hit me up about them. Yeah. So, I mean, just like being a weirdo has really worked out for you in a positive way. Weirdo. Good job. Yeah. Weirdos. <laughs> Weirdos. Yeah, yeah, man. I think that that's that thing where it's just like maybe sometimes like, you know, like it's really easy to be like, this is like a, a, a silly uh, analogy, but like, like, oh, like, I don't know if I should ask the girl out, you know, just ask. And in, the, in right. the words of Russell Nash, just ask, just, just ask. do it, you know, yeah, you know, so that's don't go thing. for the prettiest one, but just go for the one that is next to the pretty one. And yeah, you, and you'll you probably even, succeed. You don't even have to like put it in like a, a dating romantic aspect, even like with the podcast, like, you know, just like, right. I, I know that like, I very flagrantly like have on like, all of my social media now don't ask to be on my podcast. But I mean, like if you really like have something that you want to talk about, hit me up. Yeah. You know, I think that for the most part, it's just like, that's just kind of like weed out the people that don't really give a fuck. Sure. Right. Yeah. See, it goes back to like cold and like the gut thing. Like, like with you and PGX and stuff like that, it was a gut thing. Like you thought I was full of shit, but whenever I saw you guys and what you were doing, just a glimpse, just a, like a little her. rabbit hole, dig into what you guys have did. I'm just like, these guys ain't fucking around. And boom, just like, just like with you and, you know, the reach that you have to the music scene in Pittsburgh and your voice and how many shows you've did and how active you are with what you do and your art and whatnot. It's just, I, I like, I, that was that gut feeling just like with you guys is like, we going to have a video game con. <laughs> it, it, it's, like, please dude, let it's, this just all work. It's so wild. It goes back to like that, 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 that kind of, it's a, this is like a, a musician sort of thing where it's like, it might be a small show, but you never know like who's in the crowd for sure. You know what I mean? Right. For sure. And again, like, you know, like, this my podcast is not some huge twenty thousand a week download sort of thing, but you never know who's listening. Yeah, some right. weirdo right. could be listening. Yeah, we're, some weirdo, <laughs> and, and just say yes to the weirdo. It's the latest. Yes to what you need. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you you don't know. You know what I mean? Like some of like the most productively beneficial shows that you know we've played as as bands have been some of the smaller ones. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about putting yourself out there. Not, just not being afraid to yeah. put yourself out there and do what you do and believe in what you're doing. Jump and pull that ripcord. Yeah. yeah. It, it's wild when we like, so we just launched um, the archive of the old PRG events on YouTube. 
Um, PGX has, yeah, Pittsburgh Gaming yeah, Expo has a YouTube channel. And so there's an archive of the old footage that we did from previous events. Some of it, it's not all up there yet. Some of it we have, we've decided to, that it needs to be refined a little bit and then we're going to drop it again at a later date. But some of it is up there. And it's cool to go back and watch it and be like, holy shit. We didn't even know this guy yet. And now he's like on our team. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of like, Almost like in a weird way, looking back through like this portal of like time travel. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like Andy, we didn't know Andy at PRGX at the Elks Lodge. One of your best friends. Yeah. He sits at my table every, he sits at my D&D table like a couple times a month. Um, Dan, we didn't know Dan until we did uh, the uh, pop-up a game area at the uh, Spirit at Spirit mm-hmm. for uh, Bipper Game. Yeah, Dan decided to go out that night and coming down and see us. And now Dan's on our staff, you know. And I'm like, we're good friends. He also sits at my D and D table awesome. a couple of times a month. His wife sits at my D and D table a couple of times a month. And these are all people that we only know because we just said, let's do it. You yeah. know, and then they go back and watch video and look at old photos and be like, damn, I didn't even know him yet. I didn't even know her yet. Yeah. And now they're like uh, really so tight. Fun. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. It, it gives it gives people a reason to like connect and express their nerdy flavor, whatever flavor it is, because they're they're comfortable being amongst other nerds. Yeah. Let's like do it. It's a great thing. It's glorious. It's been so funny because like I've spent a big chunk of the my past six months doing these Taylor Swift dance parties. And Which you're uh, killing it a lot of people <laughs> yes. have a hard time <laughs> understanding like why do people want to come to this? And it's I no- have no idea. I'm one of those people. I have no idea. Dude, I don't understand it at all. It's <laughs> no I see the crowd and I'm like, what is going on here? Jeez, it's baby. Literally no different than your convention. It's awesome. This is a group of people that have a particular interest and they're going to be in a safe environment and yeah. meet people that are like-minded. Yeah. It's literally like a Taylor Swift convention. Okay. And once that clicked in my head, I was like, this makes sense. Now I understand it. These are nerds. It's a fandom. It's just, yep. a, it's a fandom. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's what it is. And like, fandom. there's so many of these people, you know, these are, you know, it's a primarily female audience, you know, in, you know, mid twenties to mid thirties is like the, the main demographic, but it's like, how easy is it for these girls to go out on a night and not feel like they're going to be in a threatening situation yeah, right. because there's going to be weird dudes hanging out. Like sure. there's yeah. no weird dudes at these events. Yeah. It's yeah. just a bunch of girls and you know, it's not always exclusively girls but it's people that are fans of this thing and they're yeah. going for this they want to dance and that's yeah. they want to dance yeah. to the songs that they grew up with and with people that like these songs people make friends like people fucking it's cosplay they dress up as like taylor swift from different music videos and different eras <laughs> they take photos <laughs> together like it's <laughs> literally no it different than absolutely being, it's the same fucking little, thing it's yeah. anthrocon for taylor swift yeah. sure it's, <laughs> it's 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 anthrocon it's star wars celebration it's anything that you want to say but just for that demographic yeah same vein different and then model. so does that yeah. now that's what it is oh yeah now i totally it makes get sense it. yeah that's the it. thing it's just like you know so you know, you find just that thing for that community of people and you give them 
a safe, comfortable place to be themselves for a limited amount of time, whether it is one night yeah. or two nights or three nights, like yeah. that's going to be invaluable to those people as long as the people that are organizing the event are doing it for genuine and reasons. That's exactly where we're where we're at with mm-hmm. it. Like we want Since it to one. be that 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 space where people can come and let go of all the other BS in their life and just be like, you know, I'm here to roll polyhedral dice and I've got like this special set of dice that I'm afraid to talk about at work because I'm going to get ostracized at the water cooler. But you know what? Here I can show everyone my special clicky clacks and they're going to love it. It's so funny because like going back to like the Taylor Swift shit, there's definitely like a demographic of people that you could tell have spent, you know, since they were 21, they spent a lot of time in clubs, but Mm -hmm. also like a lot of her music caters to a demographic of people that are introverted. So you could tell that they're not used to being in nightclub situations. And you could tell the difference between like the girls that are like, Oh, the club girls and the girls that are just kind of like, I've just been hanging out in my bedroom. I've never been out around a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, but like now that it's like, you're giving them an opportunity to actually get outside of themselves and be a part of something bigger, which is really no different than maybe a lot of people that are used to maybe only playing, you know, games with people online or the friends that they meet in these Facebook groups. And then they finally get to meet each other. Like I had talked about earlier, you know, you're bringing people together in a physical environment. It's like Brian and I met in a Sunoco parking lot. Minus shady four degrees thing. In the middle of winter time, right? And we're like, you know, there's got to be a better Lost way to connection. do this besides having people meeting up in the middle of parking lots in the cold and <laughs> the snow. In a giant parka like where our mom you. So we started and, and built something and yeah. now we're here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just because we were really passionate and nerdy about something. You know, and I wanted something to share with my kid, a hobby. And so I, yeah, it really is wild to like, if I think back on the way the ripples brought us to this moment, you know, like I played Mario Brothers on a modded Xbox because I didn't know where my games were and the new stuff, the current stuff at the time was too violent and my kid was only four, and she really, really enjoyed watching me play Mario, but the controller was too big for her hands. Nah. So I dug out the console. I'm like, you know what? Let's start collecting video games together. You know, that it's a hobby for dad and you know, you. And she was four at the time. My son wasn't even around yet. Um, but my oldest was four. And another buddy of mine said, Hey, I know somebody who's selling a whole bunch of video games. He's got a garbage bag of them. 60 bucks in the garbage bag of games is yours. And I totally fleeced the hell out of that dude, apparently. <laughs> I had no idea because I was new to the hobby, wasn't didn't know what I was doing. I said, sure, I'll take that deal. And I bought that bag of games for 60 bucks. And there was a seal, not sealed, but a complete in box, damn near mint condition copy of Fire and Ice in there. And that game goes for like three, four hundred dollars now. You know, and that was just the one thing that was in there. There was a bunch of other stuff in there and a bunch of stuff in that bag. I listed on Craigslist as BST, buy, sell, trade. And this weirdo saw it and was like, you know, I'm going to go meet that guy in the middle of February in the dark parking lot in Brookline. And yeah. And and the rest is, I guess, kind of like history in the making, as they would say. Um, And yeah, it just, if I'd never 
popped in that modded, you know, Xbox, we might not be ever be here. I'd be I, a much boring. It's so person, funny because I feel like even like person. going back further, it was like, you know, way back, you know, pre Greywalker, like Ascend the Fallen days, like before, like you know, I know I never was a big uh, game collector. But, you know, I mean, we would still, like, hang out at the house and play games and sure. sit around and watch, like, early AVGN videos. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, Game Chasers became a thing. I was just going to yeah. say, that's what it was. Uh, I followed you on YouTube. And and I don't know if they still do, but it would show you what other people that you followed were watching. And I was like, what is this Game Chasers? You know, so I'm, like, watching it. And it, like, just sparked that, oh, man, yeah, this is great. I'm well, going to play those old games, too. It's so funny because, like, I remember in like the ATF days, like we would watch like AVGN videos a lot and For like hours. hang out and stuff. But we would also watch a lot of fucking American Pickers mm-hmm. and yeah. like Game Chasers kind of like crossed this weird boundary yep. of things that we were all into. Yep. So it just totally made sense that you would like it. And then like that, like and then that started was like that was also around the time that uh um. Like Bethlehem was doing like Magfest and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and we started like taking yep. the road trips to go to like video game conventions with them and stuff, and it just like became like <clears throat> it. You know, yeah. so we start going to conventions outside, so you get the idea of like, okay, there's this video game community that exists online, and there's people that are doing all these cool conventions because yeah. we're going to them, mm-hmm. and then like you know, you start talking about like we need to do something here, just like have like a group, and it's like that makes sense. It makes no sense mm-hmm. that like we know like. There's so many fucking people. Like we would have like a fucking van full of people and other people driving in cars full of people, you know, yeah. states away to go to these conventions from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, why don't we have something here? There's obviously enough people. Right. Well, it took well, us seven and, years right. to get there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, well, because we skipped the step of starting a YouTube channel because Jay and Billy absolutely built Retropalooza in that amount of time. Um, but again, like to get back to like the whole, the weird like cycle of like how it all perpetuates itself. Like those guys are out of Texas and we've met them. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're of the on community. a video. Yeah, we're Very actually quickly, on a Game Chasers video. For a split second, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know, NC-17 stuff, but, you know, we're on the video. Hey, not to get <laughs> off sidetrack, but when you guys played in Ascend of Fallen? Both of us did. Both of us did. Johnny B's, Greensburg. Yeah. Yeah, remember, remember that? Yeah. Segments of the Spine, three-piece band. Uh, barely, but yeah. <laughs> that was their, I was their drummer. So, we've <laughs> so I met you yeah, in like 2007. And that so was, six that was when the Pennywise, not to get off track, that was when that Pennywise band was supposed to come and like be the headliner and they never came. Giant it was a cover. pizza place, right? Yeah. No, it was, pe- it was pizza and booze. They had drink till you drown night. Johnny B's. <laughs> they did. They did, and it, it closed down shortly. Well, like, I can well, only imagine why. It was, 20, it was like 20 bucks at the door. All you could drink, liquor and booze and food and... It was like seven bands, and there was like a Pennywise cover band that was supposed to headline. They never showed up. It was you guys, Segments of the Spine, A Vision Within, and somebody else. A Vision else. Within sounds right. We played with that band oh, yeah, so a fucking lot, much. Yeah, yeah, Pies, Pies, a, yeah, yeah. Pies my good friend. I was yeah. just at his house last week. Um, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saw Pie so I when met we you way before I met you. <laughs> yeah, it's very possible. It's also very possible that- Yeah, it was by the been, Szechuan Garden. That could have been a show before <laughs> I was I even in the band. Because there was a member, there was, there was a, sometimes, there yeah, was, there, before you there was Jake playing with you guys, Samory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he you. and uh, the other band was Where Nowhere Begins. Yeah, that was another band. See, yeah. I remember, I remember. 
Yeah. Sorry. It's Ry- Raya's stream was the Ascend the Fallen drummer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now so he's I met you doing big I things. I met you, met you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's driving uh, imaginary trucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still as weird oh as ever. It's a wild world we live in <clears throat> that you can make a nice. living driving imaginary trucks and <clears throat> everything else. Well, I mean, Ryan doesn't make a living because he's driving imaginary trucks. He's making a living because he's a fucking asshole driving imaginary trucks. <laughs> that's valid. That, that's valid. And I mean that with all of the respect in sure. the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, but if you were just an asshole, you would not be making a living. It's the synergy of the two. It's you the have yin to be and an yin. asshole yes, yes. driving imaginary trucks in uh-huh. order to be able to make it a living. Yes. Charismatic. And he yeah. also did that professionally right. prior so I oh, think, just wait until I don't so, have. Uh, I can do something very clear. <laughs> uh, can I drive an American? I, um, I know. I know we don't like. I, I'm just gonna say this. I hope that we don't fucking simulate what you do <laughs> in any sort of a way yeah. in the future. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, it's it's yeah, it's a wild world we live in. Yeah, but. What are you looking forward to as an attendee, though, this year? What are you looking forward to at PGX? Yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap this fucking thing up. Yeah. There's, so, there's, <laughs> so, there's so much. Like, first off, we're getting a table. So, fifth edition, I'm going to be playing that one day. And then the, the arcade, that's what blows my mind. Besides the music, like, it's just all-encompassing of you, go, you could go buy a board game, you could go get a magnet of a video game character. Uh, you know, you can go see a band. You could get merch, and then how how many consoles and emulation games? Bes- oh, on we top had a of, lot. I we mean, had like at least a hundred or something there was a like lot. that. It was. It well, was you pretty, remember the arcade last year? Yeah. Just wait till this year. Uh, yeah, you said it was. It's expanded. Oh, so yeah. like, there's just yeah. so much. Like, I, well, so it's not remember- like the one thing that I'm looking for. It's like I have a bullet point of things that I I got to cross off when I go. So you remember how last year there was that area in the back in the video game area that was just tables. It was dark and majestic. (laughs) But there was just that that seating where there was nothing going on. Yeah, that's gone. Okay. That's totally going to be filled up this year. We're filled to the brim. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's going to be filled. We expanded the number of tables in the tabletop area. So there's more gaming to go on. The board game library that's going to be provided is expanding beyond just not even including the stuff that's going to be play to win. Yeah. So that's expanding. We squeezed in more vendor tables, more tattoo artists. Um, yeah, it's going to kill. I also must got, I got to add the guys that were running like the emulation stations with like seven or 10 TVs that mm-hmm. was hooked up to some sort of mainframe or something. And then you could just play whatever game you wanted, whatever you wanted. Those guys were some of the sweetest dudes, man. Like they were just like, yeah, what do you, what do you want? You got this? Hold on. Yeah. Give me a second. Whoa, hold on. Oh, yeah, come over here. And, like, they were so helpful and, like, so attentive to people that just wanted to play video games. Yeah. Man. And just, this is cool. So Yeah, it's like most of us introverted nerds are, like, you know, quiet. And until you're like, oh, wait, you want to play Doom on a flashlight? Well, yeah. All right, come on over. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen here, PGS. Yeah, yeah they'll make you go blind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on that note, I know you want to wrap up. So, I mean, hey, you know, I think that the the point has been made uh, for anyone that is not familiar with anyone sitting at this table that's just listening because they want to know more about the convention. If you don't want to go, then 
I think we've done all we could at this point. <laughs> um, if you're listening to this because you know one or all of us personally, I mean, we'll talk later. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I think the only thing that's really left to be said that's worth saying is just reminding people when the event is yes. and reminding people where they could be a part of the community that is going on throughout throughout time on the internet. And there's yeah. always weird little pop-up events. That Our family throughout the wants to well. be a part of it and help. We're always looking for volunteers, too. Yeah. You know, if you... If this is something that you think that you would want to be down to come help volunteer, and we try and take care of any volunteers capacity, you know, yeah, we really go to PGH Retro Gaming. Yeah, we'll go to. I forgot all the links last time, so I've got them on my phone this time. So I'll I'll forget them. Go ahead. So yeah, um, Facebook Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Expo or or Pittsburgh Retro Gaming is the group, and then the Facebook page Pittsburgh Gaming Expo, and their website is PittsburghGamingExpo.com. Instagram, you can find us at PGH Gaming Expo and on Twitter at PGH Retro Gaming. Um, and tickets are on sale now. Uh, you can save yourself a couple of bucks if you buy them in advance. Uh, two day pass is $25 for a two day pass to the, for, to the convention. That's nothing. You're not probably bad. not going to find that anywhere for how else. How much fun it is, man. Yeah, $25. Kids 10 and under get in for free with the purchase of a badge. So you buy one badge, you can get a kid 10 and under ish for free. Uh, I'm not saying you should tell me your 12 year old's 10, but you know, hey, it happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did I just undermine myself? Hey, it happens. It's all right. But, um, yeah, uh, and October 1st and 2nd at the Monroeville Convention Center uh, in Monroeville. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a time. Runs from 10 to 1 on Saturday and 10 to 5 on Sunday. So, Why don't you tell us where we can find you? Yeah. Me. You, yeah. <laughs> in, That's why we're here. I'll be I'll, I'll be there at the at the convention center <laughs> the 1st and 2nd. I'm going both days. <laughs> And I'll be there, but you could you could you could check me out uh, with my band Synesthesia. There you go. Time. Plug the band. <laughs> He'll be back on the show to plug. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with with the other Motley Crew that I, I roll with, besides yeah, you guys, we'll probably just drink way too much alcohol and not talk about the band at all. It'll be a total. Oh, I'll have music for you though. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Tight. Um, well, I mean, I will be at the. Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Expo as well, uh, doing a very one-time only exclusive DJ set of fuckery that's going to be a lot of fun and very nerdery, nerdy and nerdery. cool, nerdery, nerdery. Fu- fuckery, nerdery, DJ nerdery, fuckery. Spinning in Ding Dong Donkey Kong. This is like Clue. It was in the nerdery with the Ding Dong Donkey Kong. Uh, absolutely, no. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be doing that on Saturday night, late night. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with all of that being said, gentlemen. Thanks. Thank no, you. Thank thanks, you. Thanks. Who knows what this will bring this year? Sure. Yeah. It's kind of hard to top what happened the last time. No but pressure. Who knows? <laughs> who fucking knows? You yeah. never know who's watching. Hey, it's just like I said yesterday. You can't win if you don't play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I fucking said that that we knew we got to put that on Colt's tombstone. You can't you win if a, you don't play. You, you miss you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't shoot. That's true. 
It's either that or Alexa play Pantera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alexa play yes. Pantera is really good for, for your tombstone as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when you die, I'm going to cut you in half and bury you in two spots. <laughs> Who can you have two tombstones? Oh man, I'm sure Maybe. there's probably tomb tombstones. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna shut up. Right, <laughs> tomb and stone. Well, hey, I mean that's been a podcast. You know what it is. Uh, I'll be back again when I'm back. I have decided that I'm not uploading on a regular schedule anymore. So you might get one episode a month. You might get four episodes a week. Wild card, baby. We'll see what happens. Well, see you at the Pittsburgh Gaming Expo. Unless you're a nerd. Well, no, that makes no sense. If you're a nerd, I better see you there. What kind of nerd doesn't go? Not a very good one. Yeah. Some people don't like to be called nerds. I know. Fucking nerds. We're done. (laughs) 